And now, it's time for the show, This Old Dungeon. Good evening, Dungeoneers. This is Lou Alou for another one-shot episode of This Old Dungeon. I'm sitting down with Skeeter Green. He's been on before, but we wanted him back. Uh, he's got some cool stuff going on. I want to talk with him. How are you doing tonight, Skeeter? I'm doing great. Uh, anytime I get asked back to something, I'm very happy and, and happy to do it. <laughs> it's few and far between. Oh, man. Um, last time we had you on, uh, we, were, we were talking uh, some, some MCC, DCC, uh, Valley of the Lost Time, and... Uh, we get a we get to come right back in that space, which everybody knows is one of my favorite game systems, and I love uh, love talking about anything that has to do with it. We normally have you guys uh, when we have people on the show. We normally have them tell us about their ex- you know first experiences in role playing and, and what their you know favorite you know uh, memory from role playing is. So since you're a, a second timer, we got to do some reversing on that. What's one of your favorite memories of introducing role playing? to someone else well uh a couple of years ago uh good friend to the show and my platonic life partner zach glazer uh (laughs) we were sitting around and decided that we should put on a, a, a video cast you know just on youtube throw up a video and we started doing that we started the goddamn it zach show and it was basically just us talking about stuff from our lives in gaming. And we started reviewing products and stuff like that. And then we started giving people advice. Zach thought, well, hey, we've gone through so much. <laughs> uh, few maybe we should help people out. And so we started giving advice on the show And then that turned into our small publisher seminars that we started having at conventions. And at first, you know, a couple of people dropped in because they wanted to have lunch and and do something. They they don't care about TV. Open table. Um, But then uh, we started getting uh, return people coming to all of the, the seminars. And then People started getting comfortable and asking questions, and it became what we intended, more of a back and forth um, between people who are just starting out and, you know, medium codgers like us, and then we get some really experienced people in there who have been doing it for, you know, since the TSR days. So it's it, it's a really great uh, way to give back and then when we see those people that have been in the small publisher seminars they're putting out products and then we get to back them on kickstarter it's like <laughs> this is the coolest thing ever because i mean i'm gonna take this down a notch there weren't a lot of people who did that initially for us you know you you had to you know there were there were plenty of people who have been mentors to me and given me tips and advice and I will be forever grateful for them but the path was a lot bumpier you know 15 20 years ago for sure yeah I mean everything from like just being able to find that knowledge out there let alone just the 
the options you had as far as getting your stuff published. You're right, man. It's a just a different world right now. And, and largely thanks to people like you and Zach. One of the things that um, people have asked me why we started doing the small publisher seminar and what I generally tell people is I'm never going to be the greatest thing in RPG writing. Just, I'm just not. I'm not a, a Jim Ward or a Tim Cask <laughs> or an Ed Greenwood by any stretch of the imagination. But if I can encourage some people who are nervous about starting, if I can get them over that and then they put something out and they get some enjoyment from that, I, I'm gold. That, that's perfect. Well said. The project that, uh, that you're here to talk about tonight, um, man, I remember I must have been like eight years old. You know, back then, Saturday mornings, cartoons would go off. You'd have like half hour having to suffer through some bowling while you played toys or something. <laughs> and then eventually the Saturday afternoon movie would come on. Uh, and I remember seeing uh, the 1959 Henry Levin's Journey to the Center of the Earth. And I don't know that I knew what was going on, but man, like, I don't think they dinosaurs. knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. But, like, hey, man, we got, some, we got some stuff around the <laughs> set. Let's throw it in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's berserk. Uh, yeah, with that, like, uh, it has that, like, Italian, you know, aesthetic to it. It's, uh, yeah. But anyhow, um, just it had everything, you know, checked all the boxes for me as a young man with the, the explosions and the, the you know, monsters and the underground passages and glowing mushrooms and whatever. Um, so I've been since that point in my life, uh, that's probably one of my like favorite little genres is that, that, you know, pulp underground exploration, lost world kind of nexus of stuff. Absolutely. Uh, what, what, what set you on fire about this? Is this something you've always loved too, or is oh, this yeah. something that's uh, like a new passion? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, any of those, I mean, they've they've done Journey to the Center of the Earth about a hundred times in different <laughs> formats, and I watch all of them, and some of them are just you know utter garbage, and it's like, oh my god, what what were you thinking? But then, but then if you think about it and dissect it, you know, what would be your reaction if you went underground and all this? absolutely ludicrous stuff was happening like if you were uh lou in wonderland you know the whole alice in wonderland if you mm. fell down a hole under a tree and it was an entirely different universe how much of a mind f would that be and <laughs> and how would you deal with it and uh, that was a pretty lofty goal. I don't get that, you know, existential about everything. Um, the first book, uh, it's just called Underland. And um, it's zine size. Uh, it's very much the same format as Valley Out of Time. Because uh, what I wanted to do is present somebody more with a toolbox and some tips of how to use established um pre-published modules and just use them together because uh, what i've been finding at conventions uh when i talk to people is especially newer players don't necessarily mash different settings together like they they will take one say forgotten realms they will they will 
have everything in the Forgotten Realms, which is enough for 10 <laughs> lifetimes of, of uh, adventuring. Uh, but, you know, if something calls for, for weird, you know, they don't think, oh, let's take Moonbase Alpha and put it underground. You know, it's just this lost society. Oh, weird stuff. Or, you know, let's take a prehistoric valley and stick it underground. You know, just just to have something. Experienced players and adventurers sometimes kind of get jaded. So you gotta you gotta rattle their cage a little bit. And that's what this zine series is about doing. The concept is that everywhere in the multiverse is connected once you're underground. If the sun can't get you, like if you're in a in a basement or if you're in a cellar or if you're 50 miles underground or if you're in a drow city of Menzo Branzen or however you pronounce it, <laughs> you can get Isn't to that... any of the other places. And it can be, you know, glowing portals. You can go into a dark spot around the corner and then you just are somewhere else. And everything changes. And you have to be kind of judicious how you do that because you can't just bounce people around and have them have no sense of where they're at. But I mean, it's a classic John Carter from Mars. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just took a wrong turn and ended up on a different planet <laughs> so you know that that is that is the the umbrella level of what's going on um in, in the first book i have kind of the the standard adventure that you go through which is basically all underground uh, and and not underground the way we're used to. So I'm making it a little bit more interesting for people. But there are uh, there are sections where like it, the cavern caves in on you and you you know scuttle yourself out and get out and, and you're fine. but you look through the hole and you know you're in this this dirt kind of, underground tunnel but you look through the hole and there's you know a flagstone path with these giant ornate pillars that that looks like moria or something like that hmm. and then the people are supposed to go we're 20 feet underground how are these giant pillars here what is going on that's that's how you get transported somewhere else so you see this nice. and, and it's like do we investigate or do we just stay away? <laughs> you know, then it then the players get some agency in what they're doing. Um, in in another section, when they're crawling through one of the tunnels, they notice that the tunnel gets really sandy instead of the regular dirt that they've been going through, and it it gradually goes up to the surface, and they find out they're in the middle of a desert. And the village they were in was a farming community. It's like, yeah. okay, where did you Vast go? Vast distance, unexpectedly are, traveled in moments. Are yeah. you in a desert? Are you on another planet? Are you on Dune? Are you, you know, in Dark Sun? 
that that is up to the players and the game masters. So I want to just kind of expand what people think of as a fantasy game. And if they don't like it, there, you know, there's plenty of random tables and stuff in there for just regular subterranean dungeon delving. You know, I've got the okay, you go 20 feet straight. Oh, there's a turn. You know, you gradually go up, gradually go down. There, there <laughs> here's an event that happens. Here's an animal that's in the tunnels. Here's a monster, just you know. Live dungeon building yeah. as you go. Just, you know. Because that's one of those issues, you know, I and they, they have some in a, a ton of published adventures, random subterranean, these maze-like caverns. And it's like, well, people don't use them because it kind of sucks. You don't want to say, or do you want to go left or right? Okay, do you want to go <laughs> left or right? Okay, do you want to go left or right? You know, that that's like anytime a maze gets introduced into a module, I'm just like, what are you doing? Why? Because people don't have that random element to make it actually interesting or have some agency. You're you're basically just like, okay, yeah, figure out a maze by us just talking about it. No. That that is lame. Yeah. That, that is not. So this has uh, this has some extras where you can season that gumbo up a little bit. <laughs> nice. Do you touch on? Um, and I don't. I, I know it's it's. Um, gotta get my thoughts here together. So DCC and MCC is one version of this publication. Correct. But I think if I read correctly, you're also doing Swords and Wizardry. Correct. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So. For the DCC MCC stuff, I know that there's just wide open space as far as potential different types of characters you can bring in using the different systems associated with that. Sword and Wizardry, I'm not so familiar with, but as I understand it, it's got kind of your your classic AD and D. It class. has the standard Middle European, you know, fighter, thief, wizard, paladin, <laughs> ranger. Yeah. And, and they're all classes. It's not, you know, dwarves and elves are not their own class because they are dwarves and elves. So that's that's one of the differences. Um, what I really like when I when I've done these as convention one-offs and stuff is when somebody brings an MCC character in with a DCC character and they get to mix. That's, that's what I was wondering is do you talk much about mixing up those uh, different classes or, or developing new classes for this particular kind of a, a campaign world that we're, we're talking about developing here kind of I didn't touch on that in the first book because the first one I just wanted people to kind of get comfortable with the so I have I have the underground main adventure I have a couple of offshoots which they don't need to do that can be an explore later. And this is designed for low level characters, first through third level characters. But I also introduce a claustrophobia mechanic <laughs> and, and some details about cave-ins and stuff like that. So I want people to be comfortable with that before getting into the weird kind of esoteric, like bizarre stuff that can be done <laughs> down there. But yeah. I have plenty of ideas of the weird stuff that, <laughs> that's going to happen. 
similar to Valley Out of Time, is this um, is the first launch a, a single zine or is it a double zine like that product came out? Uh, no, this is going to be the single zine um, doing two books at once with all the permutations of people's orders got <laughs> excessive. Uh, plus, <laughs> yeah, I th- plus, I think it's kind of, I wouldn't have done it that way uh, if I would have known. I got about a 50-50 split on people who said, I really love this getting two different books and people saying, if you have the books done, why didn't you put them together? Mm. And it's like, well, they're thematically different. And, you know, no matter what happens, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make everyone happy. And that, that, yeah. that's never been my goal. One, yeah. um, but <laughs> I'm honestly just doing this one to make it easier on myself. Yeah, I got into throwing in a bunch of add-ons on the last Kickstarter I did, and I had no, no forethought on just how complicated that's making oh, figuring yeah. out shipping and and getting everyone's order. Hey man, right. you should come to one of our small publisher seminars where we talk about that. Very <laughs> North thing. Texas, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is a that is a notorious problem, especially for you and me both. You know, small one-man operations mm-hmm. you know it's it's hard and those things fortunately having worked at frog god games i saw a couple of kickstarters that got out of hand and and behind the scenes we scrambled we fulfilled everything but it people are most creative when it's detrimental to you people can come up with stuff that's just fascinating i would have never thought of that okay yeah it's gonna it's gonna take me you know 15 hours to figure this out um but hey you know that that's how it goes if you're gonna if you're gonna provide books for people and you're upset that the fan base enjoys your book you're in the wrong business yeah Yeah, that that doesn't make any damn sense (laughs) I think one of the one of the thing when I think of like a, a, a SGP product, one of the things that I'm always going to expect cracking open that cover is some weird, insane monsters. And uh, do we do we get into any of that in this first volume? The first volume does not have any of the weird, insane monsters, and that is by design because I wanted people to sort of ease into this. Like it was, it was actually difficult for me in the random, <laughs> in the random animals and monsters section where I'm trying to populate this and like, okay, that's too weird. Dial it back a little bit. Let's be a little, because I felt like if I made that just nut burger right off the bat, the locations that are more visually impressive and more intense and weirder would have suffered if weird is common yeah you know i want to i want to be and and that's one of the things from like you were saying with uh journey to the center of the earth i mean dinosaurs aren't that weird but if dinosaurs are in a place you don't expect them it's jarring and you know what kind of things live under the ground bugs so you know there's some you know, there's your 
giant fire beetle. Sorry, that's, you know, kind of the standard fare. Um, but I didn't want, you know, a bunch of slithering trackers and stuff like that immediately. Because then you're just like, why would I even go underground? This is awful. <laughs> um, and the main adversary that is underground is only underground incidentally. They are not an underground creature. So whole, there's a little bit of put them in a place you don't expect. There's a little bit of story there. So uh, and it's in editing right now. Uh, Jeff Seifert is doing the DCC and MCC conversions for it, uh, and some general editing. He's just a godsend, such a such a great worker. Um, so once I get that back from him, I'll I'll probably reconfigure some um, additional things to make it because I I wrote this one, Swords and Wizardry, and then handed it off to him. It just depends what I write in originally and then change it over. Um, some of the things in Valley Out of Time were written DCC MCC, um, but they're there will definitely be a distinctness from the Swords and Wizardry one to the, the DCC and MCC ones. I dual stat everything. So, you know, if you find, oh, there's a magic sword. Well, it's a magic sword for DCC, but it's plasma sword for MCC. <laughs> so, it, you know, I, I, try to, I try to make it what the people who buy it for a certain rule set are expecting. Nice. When does the Kickstarter start? What sort of reward levels are out there? So the Kickstarter is going to go live May 30th, which is my travel day to the North Texas RPG Con. So I'm going to be launching this from an <laughs> airport somewhere because I didn't think about that when I decided to launch it. But the, the first week that the Kickstarter is going, we're going to have a live update at our booth the Independent Publishers Union at North Texas RPG Con. So you can come by and sign up or we'll have a QR code so you can use your fancy <laughs> hand computer and, and do it like all the kids do these days. Um, and it's going to run for three weeks till June 20th, I believe. And I'm doing the standard SGP um pledge levels there's a pdf only if you get the the print you get a pdf with the print uh pdf pledge is going to be five bucks uh print magazine is 10 plus shipping and um if you want both both rule sets uh i have a pledge level for that as well that saves you a little bit of money yeah. bundle Bundle saving, reasonable man. Uh, I've been seeing um, everything creep up on prices, but that's, that's yeah. Okay. And and our funding goal, we're able to keep the funding goal low. It's five hundred bucks. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure this book is going to get made uh, by pledge levels. I I would be stunned <laughs> if we do not make it, and probably cry on the floor. Um. Uh, but I'm I'm getting a I'm getting a lot of helps and read-throughs on some things because uh, it freaked me out a little bit doing this book because it took a while 
to get it uh, to get the idea nailed down. I was all over the place with the idea, and it took a took a lot longer than normal to get it pared down. Because I mean, my original idea this probably would have been a 500 page hardback and and to go down to you know a 20 something page zine to make it concise that's also palatable for like i i could run it right now super easy no notes or nothing but i can't <laughs> take my brain and send it to somebody yeah, playing you this that on the at page, their game yeah. and have it and have it make sense so yeah i had to really dial back and think about what was being included and and we'll see <laughs> i mean if people hate it i, I will be disappointed but um yeah, i don't think that's it, I, I don't see how it could be the case i mean it's you know from what you've described you're setting up this perfect nexus that allows uh an easy easy squeeze into about any sort of genre or, or game setting that a person would want to take their their campaign towards and uh you know that's that's always a welcome thing to most uh, gms i did i did have somebody uh that i respect in the business give it a read through and they said this is really good it's it's very um organic how everything unfolds it makes sense like like you can you can believe this right off the bat so that that was yeah. that was a big deal for me so i was i was really happy to get that what about the skeeterverse here i mean obviously if it can connect anywhere it can connect to your own products but are there some cross-pollinations already kind of stitched in there or planned in in the future releases <laughs> every single book i have released can fit with every single other book because they are all connected. Very tenuous uh, because one of my game philosophies is I don't want to shoehorn you. I don't want to sell you a book and then you have to buy 15 more. Which <laughs> I want you to want to buy the 15 more. Um, but I, I don't want to hold information. Oh, if you thought, you know, this scenario was great, but that cliffhanger at the end, now in book <laughs> four, you you get the answer to that. I, I have hated that as mm -hmm. a consumer. So um, I try not to do that. But 100%, these can all be linked together. There is actually a world map that I have of oh, my little world. And I think, okay, this one goes there, this one goes there, this one goes there. So, yeah, if uh, if something ever happens and I get to do an entire setting, I it'll make sense. Any uh, any reference to the uh, the the lizard wizard? Crypt of the science wizard. Well, uh, in in. In one section of Underland, you do go to a very beachy, <laughs> deserty environment. So nice. it could very well be. Yeah, it's fun. I like I like doing the Easter egg thing and and leaving the the tendrils out there that you can connect where you want. 
that's that's always a great thing as a game master to to pick up on some of that stuff and and you get that option you're like oh yeah i know where i know what he's talking about here let's let's do some of this uh yeah, that's, that's great. Um, one thing that has been just a personal, like it made my heart grow three sizes in a good way, uh, is when something's been out for a while and then somebody comes back and goes, look, I bought this book like five years ago and last week my party figured out this little Easter egg that was in there goes to you know, blah, blah, blah. Was that an intentional <laughs> reference? It was. And you found it. I I love that stuff. Because it lets me find out, like, you know, my buddy at Planet X Games, Levi Combs, we will put movie reference stuff in books all the time. And then when somebody reads through it and they, like, message you or send an email and say, Hey, I saw that reference to, you know, such and such. Did you did you mean to do that? It's like, yep. Now yeah. now I know you're part of my tribe. Excellent. Um one other thought I was just having um there's there's been some other RPG materials that kind of dance around this same space. I'm trying to think you had the um was it, I think it was called Hollow World for D&D and um, there was a, a game, I don't know, about a decade ago, decade yeah. and a half ago, called Hollow Earth Expedition, and some other ones like that. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. Had you played in any of those? Is there anything that you, you picked up on doing any any other RPGs that were sitting there, and they're like, yeah, I kind of want to do something like this, but I want to make it this way, or any inspirations as far as that goes? I, I have specifically kind of not gone full Hollow Earth on this because I don't mm -hmm. I think it's been done and I don't have enough of an idea to do that that would be oh, don't just new and it, interesting. Yeah. I I think I think if I did it at this point it would be a, a rehash if not hollow world it would be a, a rehash of Pellucidar you know do all of that and I'm just like because I, I read through a ton of that while I was writing this, just just to get the juices flowing. And I think if I increased the scope enough to be a hollow world, it would be like, <laughs> you're going to get sued. This is, this is direct IP violation. Um, I didn't have enough to make it difference yeah. to, to make it something separate. Sense. So, yeah, but always in the future. Uh, art, art's another thing. You know, you know, I love talking about art. Who do you got on this project working with you on that? Um, on this one, surprisingly enough, my my cover piece of art is actually stock art. So, um, this one is pretty art light. Um. Because I, I was really trying to just tell the story and, and try to get people eased in. Um, there weren't a lot of situations that needed it. Uh, there, there's a couple, uh, there's a couple of pieces of, of really tight in, like actual photos oh, wow. of tunnels, you know, that I wanted to use because it was 
evocative of this well, I remember reading space, like the, the Dungeoneer survival it, guide back in the day and I think the first 20 pages or so of it like describes like real geol ge yeah, I'm gonna say this wrong geology <laughs> it talks about like volcanic tubes yeah. versus limestone caves and just mm -hmm. be blown away about like you know how I've always imagined underground spaces to be is just totally BS you know and so I think that's a, you know, to use actual photographs, yeah. I think that's great. You know, I mean, that, that's something that takes us in a new space. And, and my book is not at all like. Oh, no, I didn't mean, I mean hopefully no guide. one's thinking I'm comparing <laughs> it, it to that. I'm just, not, I'm just bringing a point yeah. of reference that I really yeah, like that it, idea it of did not, know, actual photographs. Sure. Of, this is, hey, boys and girls, this is what it's like. You know, you're thinking this, but it's really this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, because people have to understand what I'm describing and then describe it to their players, I like to have not necessarily uh, fantasy drawings. I'd like to have the real, like, okay, this <laughs> is what a tunnel is like. Like, your face is looking at this. Um, you know, so, yeah, it was just as far as the art goes as much as i am just <laughs> an art whore i i would i would put a picture on every other page um but that would make yeah. it unbearably expensive um but it really it didn't call for it so that was there's not a map in it because a map would have been almost pointless and that that will make much more sense once people get it and well just from what you described it, but, i mean it sounds like yeah, it's 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 like a living living organism that, that you're you're rolling on tables you're you're running into spaces and they're you know it's telling you how they're turning and changing and what's there and um you know how do you put that on a map yeah abs absolutely um yeah i mean that goes back to the whole you know maze in, in, you know, in a printed thing, it's like that. I don't want to describe every single turn. And there are a couple of points in the zine where I say, you know, have this situation go on as long as people are having fun. When they're not having fun, move on. Because that's when I get to play now, I play at conventions or I play online. And people's time is at a premium. Mm -hmm for for any game so you you don't want to break away from from your regular life in your you know four <laughs> to six hours that you get to get to game you don't want to waste it going okay i said i go <laughs> right again you know that that gets irritating and lame and that is not what i want people to have as a takeaway from my books <laughs> that they're irritating and lame not your company motto uh, okay <laughs> Yeah. Try not to be irritating and lame. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, is there anything that I didn't get to that, that we need to talk about? Um, yeah. Uh, May 30th, Kickstarter starting off. Um, thank you for backing my books. I appreciate it. Uh, if you are at the North Texas RPG Con, uh, come by the independent publisher's booth, uh, say hey, 
and tell me about your <laughs> underground character. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, I, I sure appreciate you being on again. Uh, you know, I think this will probably be a reoccurring thing, I hope, uh, coming up as projects come up. I hope um, so. You know, folks, uh, you know, $10 for a print copy, you know, five bucks for PDF. Uh, and is, you know, I often say this, but I mean it every time. It's a no brainer. It's, it's, it's content that from the description, you know, you're going to be able to use it in any game you have. Right. You know, um, and it's, uh, you know, it, it's worth the investment. If you, if you've ever gotten any of Skeeter's products, you, you know, how much effort he puts in and, and, and what kind of an experience you're going to get. So, uh, so check that out. May 30th, uh, three weeks. So that means what, like June, when does it end then? I'd be, okay. Yeah. June so, um, so it's, it's, you know, that's, yep. that's not a lot of time. Don't wait till the end, you know? <laughs> All right. <laughs> get in and get it. Yeah. Be a first Who wants to, you know, be at the end of the line. Come on. All right, well, we should be uh, back with y'all uh, with a regular episode of this old dungeon, uh, maybe from North Texas. That's uh, looking what, like what's going to happen here live. Well, a recorded live uh, broadcast from there. Might be able to hit uh, Skeeter green, green up while we're there to talk a little bit even on that one. So until then, folks, uh, I hope you're having a wonderful games. And, um, you know, this this has been Lou Alou, and I'm live with... Thanks, it's Skeeter, SGP... Come visit us. Good night. You have been listening to This Whole Dungeon, a podcast about reviewing and renovating great adventures and rule sets from throughout the annals of gaming. The views expressed by the hosts are simply that and shouldn't be taken with any serious amount of gravity. This program is copyright 2023. Happy gaming!